Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. This is your faith, this is your future, this is what's in front of you. And He says, send a man who can fight me. And if he can beat me, then we will be your servants. But if I beat him, then you become ours. And when the, when the Israelites heard this, when God's chosen people heard this, they were terrified and dismayed. Not just, the, not just the men that were a part of the army, but all the way up to the very top, to the very, to the very throne, to the king, was terrified and was dismayed. Fear filled their hearts. And for 40 days... For 40 days, Goliath got up every morning and he came out and they lined up at their battle points, like their positions, like they always had. And Goliath made his same declaration and spewed his same defiance against the Israelite army that was present. But do you know what was so remarkable about all of that? It was that in the middle of this battle, in the middle of this fight, the Israelites, including the king himself, had forgotten who they were. They were so overwhelmed by the fear and the uncertainty of what was in front of them. They were so overwhelmed by the possibility that they might find themselves enslaved again. And because, like the word that God gave to Haley this morning, they were looking at what was in front of them and the impossibility of their challenge, their hearts were overcome with fear. And so the Lord, the Lord, through His love and His great care and His great concern, because that's how He is for us. God loves us. He cares for us. And He knows in those moments when we give in to the fear and we give in to the temptation of fear and we, we give in to the chaos that's happening around us, the Lord will oftentimes send someone. <laughs> He'll send a Savior. Now listen, David's not the Savior, but he did represent the bloodline that the Savior came from. And so there's a great parallel that happens in this story because when David steps in on the scene, there's a shift and a change that happens. Because here David's coming to supply those who are on the battle lines and who are on the front lines with the resources and the provisions that they need to continue to sustain the fight. I am thankful for the provision of God and His sustaining presence and His love that has carried us to this moment right here. Amen? Amen? I'm thankful for it. But David comes, and when he arrives at the instruction of his father to bring all sorts of this delicious food and provision that they need in order to have the, the strength that they need to fight, he hears Goliath issue out his same decree that he issued. And the Israelites were terrified and filled with great fear and ran back to the tents. Day after day, they ran. Day after day, they ran. Why? Because they were listening to what Goliath was saying and forgetting what God had spoken. They had forgotten who they were. So David looks at the situation and, and, and the men begin talking and they begin telling him, well, the king has prepared to bless. The, the king has prepared to bless whoever, uh, whoever overcomes with, uh, with his daughter in marriage and with no taxes for their family. 
Hallelujah. And no, no, he's, he's prepared to bless the man who, who will stand up and who will fight and who will conquer this Philistine. And with all of that that the king had presented and made available, there was still not one person who would step up because of the fear that had gripped their hearts. And I believe that we have been an hour and a day and a moment where fear has, has paralyzed the body of Christ where we have been on the battle lines against hell itself and all of its attempts to steal, kill, and destroy. And we have heard again and again and again and again the lies of the enemy and the attempts of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. And it has caused us to retreat in fear instead of standing firm in the revelation and the truth of what God has said and what he's spoken about our lives. So this is what, so this is what David says. David says, I'll fight him. David says, I'll fight him. So he goes to the king and he, he requests permission for the king. Here, David's not a fighting man. He's a shepherd boy. Isn't it just like the enemy to tell you that you aren't qualified for the fight that's in front of you? That you don't have the skill set and the experience, the knowledge and the understanding. You haven't been saved long enough. You haven't known Jesus long enough. You don't know the word of God enough. You don't have the gifts and the talents and the abilities to be able to respond to those situations and those circumstances that are in front of you according to what the word of God has said. But friends, I'm here to tell you today that it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by the spirit of the Lord. And so what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon us is there's a shift that begins to take place because what happens in that moment that we realize that God is saying, it's time for you to come out of the tent that you've been in. It's time for you to come out of the fear that has, that has captivated your heart, fear of what's happened in your past, fear of what you've been through, fear of what you've seen, fear of what you faced, fear of what you're facing now and realize that I am with you, that I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you, that I'll be with you in every situation, in every circumstance, in every moment. So David, David responds, I'll go. David, when he stepped on to the battlefield that day, had a different perspective. David had a different perspective. David hadn't been under the fear. He hadn't been subject to the fear and to the pressure and to the lies and to the chaos of all of that that was happening and all of that that was taking place. And so David looked at this giant that was out here, this massive man who was able to annihilate anyone that, was, that stood in front of him. And David's perspective of him was the same as the lion that he had fought before that had tried to take his father's sheep and the bear that had come before that had tried to take his father's sheep. And it wasn't that David was convinced that he was a, that he was a lion slayer or a bear slayer. It was David that was convinced that he was a child of God that he belonged to the, to the house of Israel, to the body of, of God, to God's people, and that God's promise in his word was for him. And so when he was faced with adversity and challenges, his perspective was different because he realized this isn't personal against me. It's just the enemy's attempt to steal, kill, and destroy. So I'm going to respond not out of fear in this moment, but out of faith to know that if God is with me, <laughs> if God is with me, so David had a different perspective. So we see David on the battle lines and he goes out and he tells Saul what, what God has said and what God has spoken to his heart. And it's in that moment that David experiences this perspective of what's happening. And he tells the king of Israel, who is this giant that defies the armies of the living God? Who is he? 
Who is this giant that defies the army of the living God? Who does he think he is? What place does he think he has? I'll go. And so the king tries to put him, what, in his own armor and tries to give him his own sword. And David says, I can't go in these. That's not who God called me to be yet. He's anointed me to be king, but not in this moment. Today, he's called me as the shepherd boy that I am. And he's been preparing my heart and he's been speaking to my life. And he's been training me through the trials and the tribulations and the persecutions and, and all, of the, all of the rejections and the hate and the frustration that I've gotten, even from my own family and my own difficulties and my own setbacks. But he's been preparing me for this moment that when I'd walk onto this battlefield, I wouldn't see a giant, but I would recognize that my battle's not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of darkness and Satan himself has been trying since the beginning of time to destroy and to take the souls of every person that he possibly can but I'm thankful for a savior named Jesus Christ who came to save who came to redeem who came to restore who came to renew who came to take that which was lost and to call it found to bring it into the light and the future of his word and of his promise <laughs> so David has a different perspective God is calling us out of the tents that he's called us to, to gain the right perspective. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7 through 18 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be, may be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we, since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. When I gain a heavenly perspective of the situation and the circumstance that I find myself in, instead of running in fear, I start living by faith because I see what heaven sees and I see what God is doing and I see how God is moving. What happened on that battlefield that day when David stepped out and said, I will face this giant he was convinced that he was not alone. He stepped out on that battlefield. And his one, his one step, his one action to stop running in fear and to start living by faith opened the door for one of the greatest victories for the children of Israel, but not just for him, but for all those that were with him. Because they realized the lies that we've been listening to have kept us from walking in the power and the anointing that God has given us to respond in this hour and to respond in this moment. God has not called us to live in fear, but to live by faith. And it's in that moment that we live by faith that we begin experiencing and witnessing the miraculous things of God. It's the moment that His presence and His anointing is poured out 
and that a shepherd boy steps onto the battlefield and slings a rock. One. Knocks him down. Cuts his head off and declares victory. You know what happened after that moment? Do you know what happened after that moment? The army of Israel came out of their tents. They grabbed their swords and they chased those Philistines as far as they possibly could and declared victory in the name of the Lord. David's, David's response was, this day, all of Israel and all this world will know that our God is alive. That he's alive. That he's alive. Friends, I'm here to tell you today, Fear is the number one thing that the enemy wants to use to keep you and I from walking in the revelation and the truth of what God has established and of what God has spoken for our lives. Fear comes in every relationship, every circumstance, and every season of life. But God has not called you and I to hide. God has not called you and I to live. God has not called you and I to bow to fear. He's called us to walk in the revelation and the truth and the understanding of what his word says. He said in 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul saying to Timothy, he says, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. It does not, it's not a spirit of fear that he's given us, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And he said in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 through 39, so, you don't throw, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, for in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And But my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. All of it can be summed up in this, Romans chapter 8. God has called you and I to be more than conquerors. Tell your neighbor, we're more than conquerors. Tell your neighbor, we're more than conquerors. Romans chapter 8, verse number 31 says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. He says in verse number 37, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Tell your neighbor, I'm more than a conqueror. Tell your neighbor, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm telling you in this place, God is breaking the spirit of fear off of some people. Some of you at home, God is breaking the spirit of fear off of your life today. And faith is beginning to arise in a new way. God is doing a new thing. And God is causing you and I to look at our present situations and our present circumstances and to see not the giants that are in front of us, but the God-ordained moments that He's laid before us to see His kingdom come and His will to be done on the earth. He goes on in the next couple of verses and says, For 
For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is something powerful that happens in your life and mine when we realize there isn't a giant big enough, an army strong enough, a disease powerful enough, an incurable disease that the world doesn't understand and doesn't know. There isn't one thing. There's not one marriage, one relationship, one child, one person, one human being that God cannot, by the power of His love, work and move to take the impossible and make it completely possible according to His Word and according to His will. There is something that happens in our life when we take our eyes off of what we see and we fix it on the one in whom we can and know that this may be temporary, but heaven is eternal. And when I begin to lift my voice in worship and I begin to turn my heart towards heaven and I begin to cry out to God in prayer and I begin to seek His face, I realize that it's in that moment that He pours out His Spirit, that He pours out His glory, that He pours out His anointing, that He reminds me that I am His and that He is mine, that I am called and that I am chosen, that He called me out of darkness and He called me into light, that He's given me a promise that can never perish, spoil or fade, a future that can never be destroyed, a future that can never be taken back. It's why the Apostle Paul was so effective because he said to live is Christ, but to die is gain, so I will not hide, I will not shrink back, I will not give up, I will not back down, but I will worship the Lord, I will serve the Lord, I will seek the Lord until He comes and fulfills His word in my life. Oh, I feel Jesus in this place. The Spirit of the Lord has come. The glory of the Lord is here. This is the hour. This is the moment. There was a prophetic word that was given through John Kilpatrick this past Friday night. Our, one of our sister churches, Russellville First Assembly, hosted in our district, was invited. All of our district family was invited to a service this past Friday night where he was at. And uh, in worship, the Lord gave him a word for Arkansas, and I'll share it later today so that on, my, on the church's Facebook page and on my Facebook page so you can watch it. If you don't have Facebook and you want to see it, come by the office and I'll show it to you. But he shared a word that the Lord gave him about Arkansas, about the outpouring of God's presence that God is bringing. Listen, I have, I have said for a very long time that I believe that God is going to pour out his spirit and his glory in this place. I believe it. And he, he shared this word that the Lord gave about Arkansas. And the three words that the Lord pointed out to him that Arkansas begins with is ark, A-R-K, ark. God said, it's the carrier of my presence, the carrier of my glory. He said, it's what I use to carry my presence. And I carried my glory and led my people. And God says, I am pouring. He, God says he is pouring out his spirit. God is doing a new thing in the earth. And that there's a revival that God is bringing and that God is doing it here in this state. That God is doing it here in this state. There have been words that have been spoken over this church even before I was here about what God is going to do. And friends, I believe that God has called us and that he's brought us to this pivotal moment.